there are days where I wake up and I'm literally like, what the F-U-C-K? Like, what? Who am I? What is going on? Can someone just substitute for me today? <laughs> like, yep. can, can I have a stand-in? Because <laughs> I just need to, like, step away for a second. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's so much. And I think that there's just so much being expected of parents during this time and of the caretakers during this time. <laughs> This is Jess, and you're listening to The Pumping Podcast. This week, I sit down with Mama Latoya Ebony. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google Play, anything like that, know that there's also a video of this episode over on YouTube, and so you can check it out there. She is such an inspiration and encourages so many different facets of life, and our conversation revolves around working mothers. She is an actor, she has a part-time job, she has a YouTube channel, and she's a mama. And she's just working at every single aspect of life. We have an important conversation and talk about things that I think moms and women need to hear. So join us on our conversation, and I hope you enjoy. Here's LaToya. Here we are. I am so excited to sit down and speak with actress, fashion and hair inspiration, and of course, Mama LaToya Ebony. LaToya, thank you so much for being here on the Pumping Podcast. I'm so excited to hear your story. And I was sailing through on Instagram and just find you an inspiration. And I know Mama's out there will too. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so, so, so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited to have this conversation. Of course. Yeah. There's so much to talk about. So I'll get started. First of all, I need to ask you, you recently drove over 1600 miles to escape the uh, air quality that's going on in LA. So are you safe? Where are you now? Where are you joining us from? And how are you all? So I am back in Los Angeles now. Uh, Yes, we did. We left. The air quality was terrible. And we, um, it was kind of one of those decisions that was made that day. <laughs> the day that we left was the day we made the decision. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think it just came to a point where we realized that, or at least for me, I know I was like, look, my family is my responsibility. I can't wait for someone else to say that it's okay. You know, I can't wait for like a job or a boss or a loved one or someone else to say, you know, you should make this decision to leave. I I had to make it for myself and my family. And so we were like, you know what? We don't have to deal with this. Let's just go. And so we did for about three weeks (laughs) and drove. You know, it's so interesting. I feel like there's so much craziness going on in the world and has been for the past seven, eight months. It's crazy. It's sneaking up on a year. But I was actually just speaking to someone at the gym today and I was saying, you know, I kind of feel like this is a force for people to take action and move and change or, you know, just pick up and go if things aren't working in their life. And so often I feel like we just go along with the flow because we feel like we have to. And so that was so important for you, you know, especially as a mom to put your family first and say, this isn't working. We can always come back. And now you are full circle. So that's nice to hear. 
Yeah, I think that sometimes we we kind of get stuck in um, the parameters that we, we place on ourselves and our minds. And, you know, uh, I think that I slip in and out of that. And it's something that I'm learning to grow out of, you know, being sort of a, um, I don't know, at the mercy of your situation and sort of feeling like, there's only one way to do it and feeling the limitations of that way. And I think that if we were more often to take a step back and go, well, actually, is it really just one option or are there like five and I'm just uncomfortable with the other options? And um, so that's just something that I'm growing to not only know, but to practice. So that's just one of the things that I did that, that shows that I guess in action. <laughs> yeah, I am feeling bad because I can't remember who said it. I'll have to look it up. But I often think of the quote, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And I think it's something important to keep in mind because we can be looking at something like that, you know, feeling stuck and we can't change. But if you look at a different perspective, then maybe yeah, your circumstances will change. So you are you have so many things going on. I feel you are like a multi hyphenate <laughs> female and you're so empowering. What would you say are your top passions and the things that you like to advocate and promote the most? Hmm. I know that I'm a storyteller for sure. Um, I love telling stories in different ways, um, whether it's, you know, just, you know, orally through communication, um, through video, through, um, through other, other people's stories in, in terms of being an actress. Um, so I, I know that for sure. And I know a strength of mine is connection. Um, and so I like to connect with people and, and it's the, it's the strangest thing. Um, as a kid, I would, I liked watching animals and also I kind of, this is going to sound so creepy. I like watching people in um, moments where they don't know that they're being watched. I know that sounds weird. <laughs> I know it sounds weird. Um, but I'm not talking about intimate in their own home and things that I don't want to see. I mean, like, um, like watching someone take a drag of a cigarette, like, and like what that experience mm. might be like for them. And I don't smoke. There's so many things. Um, but I find, I find that interesting and sort of a different way of connecting with someone, even though we're not really connecting. It's very, very strange. Um, like that's I the curiosity of I, the actor within you. And, and sure. I think that that is definitely what it is. So there's that. And um, I really want to empower people to be themselves, but be proud of that. And so that sort of has manifested its way uh, into like my YouTube channel where I talk about natural hair care and sort of just being comfortable with, you know, you just wash your hair and, and, and it's okay. <laughs> the way that you look is the way that you look and, you know, and sort of like busting past these um, social norms of what it's supposed to be, what you're supposed to look like, what you're supposed to think and feel. And it's something that I continuously work on. So through my journey, I've I've shared the knowledge that I've journeyed, I've I've um I've acquired along the way, and in, in hopes that other people will sort of find their own way. 
and express themselves in the way that they see fit. So those are some things I think that I am I'm passionate about. Yeah. And so important to pass along and encourage those stories, especially today as a mom, as a black woman, as, you know, a female, it's just so important. So thank you for sharing and empowering other people. So let's tell your story. Since you're such a storyteller, I want to dive into your story. <laughs> so you're an actor and you're a mom. What was life like before you had that sweet little boy who was just adorable? <laughs> I have to say, one of my favorite little posts that you have up on one of your Instagram highlights is him at two months old. And he oh. just came out of his little bath and your husband is with him and he's singing to him and he's just the <laughs> cutest little thing. Oh my gosh. I just wanted to like squish his little cheeks. <laughs> so before that angel came into your life, what was like that uh, at that point? What were you doing? Uh, so my husband and I, we dated for quite a while, a few years um, before we had our son and we got married and all of that. So um, we I had more independence, I would say, as well. Um, it was, um, I know a lot of people I, I'm sure have talked about, like, having freedom and, and flexibility and sort of just being able to and go and make decisions for yourself. And I find that, um, like, I had been going through different stages, right? So there's, like, you know, when you're um, um, daughter, you know, there's that stage and that dependability dependability and then there's you know you branching off on your own if you decide to move away or go to school and and sort of finding yourself in that way and then you get into a relationship and then you find your partner and sort of all of those different increments um and changes in life um have have changed me and sort of what life was like before um having my son so yeah we were a little bit more spontaneous and um I could make a decision and not sort of worry as much, you know, outside of my partner, um, the effects, you know, if I want to like my job or I want to move somewhere, like I did a ton of moving when I was younger. Um, and, you know, now I have much more to think about and I have to be so much more cognizant, not only of my son's needs, but my husband's needs through that, because anything that I do affects him. And if I'm not present, that makes his day different as well. So, um, yeah, there's just a lot more thought <laughs> now than there there was. Yeah. And did your pregnancy journey come about naturally? Was it something you planned for? How did that come about? It was a surprise. <laughs> it was like, hey, what's up? So, <laughs> that, oh my gosh. So, you know, like I said, me and my husband had been together for a long time. I'd never been pregnant before, thank God. Um, and I was 32 um, when I got pregnant. And um, I honestly didn't think I was going to have any kids. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't have that sort of um, want like that, like, I want to be a mom. Thing. I'm very career oriented, very goal oriented. And so, and honestly, the thought of having a child scared me. So it was a complete surprise. I didn't find out until I was uh, eight weeks wow. <laughs> in. Um, yeah, I have uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome and I don't get my period often. I mean, I get it a few times a week. 
And there are certain things that help with that, like diet, drinking water, exercise um, helps to get me regular. But um, yeah, my, my period could not come for two months and that's not common for me. And so um, you were, I you just, were on the radar, wasn't on the radar. You're like, well, I guess it's just another month. <laughs> basically. Yeah. And I remember I, I just started feeling off <laughs> and I didn't really know what it was. And um, I had this chronic cold. I hardly ever get sick. And I kept going to the doctor and I'm just like, they're like, oh, well, you know, I think it's just a cold. And they're like, oh, I think it's just bronchitis. Oh, I think. And so like, I'm downing like <laughs> Tylenol and like, like, I mean, all the things you're not supposed to do when you're pregnant. Cause I just didn't, no one knew and no one thought to ask for a pregnancy test. Yeah. And it, it was so strange. And um, I was like, why am I so sick? I don't understand. And then the nausea happened one night. And I was like, you know what, babe, just get a pregnancy test. I know I'm not pregnant, just, just, but just do it <laughs> just for peace of mind. It'll be fine. And so I, you know, I'm going to the bathroom, I take the test and I'm just shocked. I am amused as well. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like, this is the craziest. I know God has a sense of humor because this is, this is funny. And like, you know, it was around the Halloween time, like the, you know, mm. and I think, I think, uh, that's probably when, uh, you know, everything happened. It went down. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I can think, I think it must've been around that time. And, you know, also the holidays were happening. So we were having a little bit more alcohol than normal which we don't drink. So more than normal is like one drink a week is more than normal for us. Um, and so I'm going to this party. I'm having one drink because I'm a lightweight, but still all of a sudden those thoughts start to flood you and you're like, Oh my God, I'm already failing. Right. What have I been doing? It's up already. <laughs> no, he's healthy. Yeah, but yeah yeah I mean I think that yeah they can they can withstand a lot and I think that that's a lot of people's story you know they were having fun and then whoops yeah (laughs) and then what about your birthing experience was it an easy journey or was it a challenge um it was a challenge I um well first of all I was sick the whole pregnancy um I had to get on medication so that I could keep my food down and then towards the end, you know, I was gaining like regular weight and, you know, probably too much <laughs> weight. Uh, and well, you know, you know, they, there's like these rules of how much weight you're supposed to gain and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's so annoying, but I get it. But, eh, you know, who really falls into that that much? So um, anyway, uh, my it was I had to be induced. Um, and what happened was, is my skin started to itch a lot, like more than normal. And I, I didn't know why. And so I went to the doctor. I'm like, I just keep itching all over, like no amount of like moisturizer and showers. And so they were concerned that I may have like a, a condition with my liver in which like, you know, it's just not emptying out all of the toxins. And so they were afraid that I'd have, I'd have some toxins in my blood and that it would affect the baby. And so they had me monitored a couple and, you know, but my, all of the numbers were fine. They couldn't find anything. 
And then I went back two two nights later um, with my hospital bag and everything just in case. And they were like, well, it's really up to you. What do you feel that you want to do right now? And I thought, you know what? I wouldn't, I couldn't forgive myself if I went home and something happened and it could have been prevented. So I, uh, I admitted myself technically. Um, and so, yeah, they started uh, Pitocin and all of that. And I was, I went in the, I went in the hospital around 3 p.m. on a Friday and it wasn't until Sunday around 5 p.m. till I started pushing. So I was in labor that whole time, you know, with all of the contractions and things like that. And um, I, I honestly believe that we started pushing too early. I think I was just really tired. And um, I, I, I pushed for almost seven hours. And I, I, I didn't know any better. You know, we had done all of the classes and everything, um, but I really just kind of relied on the doctors to tell me what I should be doing. Um, it was my first time and everything. And, you know, and then I also wanted the baby to kind of be here because I was just so exhausted at that point. They wouldn't let you eat. Like it was just, you're hungry. And, um, and so I, I think we started pushing too early. Like they broke my water for me. Uh, and, you know, and I don't want to blame them necessarily for it. Um, I, in a lot of ways, I blame myself because I, I wish that I would have just listened to my body more. And then what happened was, is his, uh, his uh, heart rate started to drop. And then they were like, okay, we're looking at C-section uh, territory because, because of that. And so I remember looking at my husband and just being like, no, like, I don't want this to happen. I like, this was not what I wanted. And I knew it wasn't my fault, but I, at least like so much during my pregnancy did not go as planned, including the actual pregnancy. Um, I, you know, I wanted a girl, I got a boy, like all those emotions that you feel <laughs> like literally the opposite. I was like, yeah, I'm pregnant. I get to eat the whole time. And then I couldn't eat because I kept throwing everything up. So everything was sort of going wrong. And that was the one thing that I was like, well, at least I get to deliver my baby. And, um, I did take, um, the epidural. I wasn't against it. Um, but I think that that was another reason why I wasn't as able to pay attention to my body and what it needed, among the other things. Mamas, I just wanted to take a quick moment to recognize one of my sponsors, Hypnobabies. Hypnobabies is birth hypnosis, how to enjoy your baby's birth in comfort, joy, and love. If you're a soon-to-be mama or know a soon-to-be mama, check out the link in the show notes for Hypnobabies. There's a home study course, there's MP3 tracks, and there's also a few non-birthing tracks as well. How to stop smoking, how to help your toddler sleep, and many, many more. Check out Hypnobabies in the show notes for a 20% off discount, and make sure you use the code PUMPINGPODCAST for a 20% off discount. For more info about Hypnobabies, you can go back and listen to episode 7, where I interviewed the founder and CEO, Carrie Tushoff. She was gracious enough to give my listeners a private code for 20% 
20% off. So make sure you use that code PUMPINGPODCAST. Go check out Hypno Babies in the show notes. Now back to the show. And so anyway, I had this C-section. The staff was lovely. Um, it, was, it was a little strange. Uh, there was a man that came in at one point. I remember, and I just, and they were all talking about, one of the nurses recognized me from, um, (laughs) from YouTube, and um, she wasn't there until I was about to get my C-section, she's like, oh my god, I think I recognize you, do you have a YouTube channel, I was like, oh my god, so awkward, like, here I am, my legs are open, (laughs) like, you know, just like, this is the strangest thing. And I'm like, yep, yep, that's me. My God, it's my worst. The worst I've ever looked. Like, I wasn't one of those people who were like, I need a full face of makeup. I did not prepare. Um, And then there was this man that came in, I guess, to overlook things. I don't know. It was so strange. And then he, like, he did this weird thing. Like, he walked around unnecessarily to sort of, like, look down there. Like, it was, and I, you know, we have, they're putting the curtain up and my doctor's there my OB. And that's just one of those moments that I kind of remember. And I just just remember thinking like he had no reason to be down there. Like, what was he curious? It was so strange because they were all having this conversation about how I looked in person at that moment versus how I looked online. It was like, it was so strange. And I, you know, now looking back, I'm just thinking in terms of like, you know, if, if, if men were allowed to have, uh, you know, babies, would someone be talking about how they looked while they're like in their most vulnerable place? Yeah. And yeah, and you know, you are just wanting to be a mom <laughs> and a woman who is about to give birth and not, this is such an interesting yeah. thing to consider that you know, even thinking about certain celebrities or not celebrities, you know, because maybe certain celebrities have enough money to have, you know, specific people. And sorry, if you hear fire hydrant going by, (laughs) I mean, the fire department going by, but, um, you know, maybe they have money to have it so that they're required not to say anything or whatever, but it's such an interesting Mm -hmm. thing that I've never considered before. And that must've felt very, um, What's the word? Like, like they're in your space. They're in your personal space. Mm-hmm. You know, you usually yeah. have the screen up between you and YouTube and you can curate what goes out into the world. Right. But now it's like, here you are every inch of you, literally. Literally <laughs> inside or out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was at the time, I was so exhausted from pushing and from being in the hospital for so long that I, it was almost like, you know, in a way, it was kind of like Charlie Brown where you hear wah, 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 and you're just like <laughs> kind of going with the flow. And it really, it wasn't until later where I started to sort of think about the things that happened that I, it, it didn't, I knew it wasn't malicious, so I wasn't offended. It was just interesting, like how strange, you know, and I've heard other things, um, you know, other stories about like, you know, they were discussing something completely like unnecessary. Um, And I think, you know, I think it's in some ways kind of just routine for them when it's, 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 
you know, it's your life changing moment and they are, you know, required to sort of be level headed and, and sort of think in a completely different way. Um, and I think sometimes that brings out unnecessary conversations and actions that aren't really uh, productive to the time. So, um, I, I mean, not giving anyone a pass, I don't wanna give anyone a pass, um, but I do think that it's something that should be explored and probably talked about, um, it, you know, if there's anyone listening who like works for a hospital or you know, can help make those decisions, I think that, you know, there does need to be a little bit more care in that department because I've yeah. heard it way too much. Yeah. It's almost like there should be some sort of a rule that once they pass the doors to a patient's room, it's a certain level of, you know, these are our guidelines and limits to what we can discuss, you know? Yes. And yeah. it's empowering yeah. and uplifting. And we're not even not talking about, you know, the daily things going on or politics, you know, because I can see that stuff creeping through and that would just be natural. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that yeah. you would tell moms who are listening? I mean, very few moms would be in the situation maybe that they would be recognized on YouTube, but just moms <laughs> in general who might be in, find themselves in a situation where they're being commented on or questioned, what would you say to those women who might experience that? Um, well, would you encourage them to speak up or... Would it be well, uncomfortable? So here's the thing. It's, it's one of those where it depends on the person. There are some people who are much more comfortable to speak up and that makes them feel comfortable. And there are some people who would rather not. I think that it wasn't until after I'd had my son and going through the process where I think that it's so important to have an advocate for you. Um, you know, I think I didn't realize outside of the birthing process what a doula could be for someone. Um, and it's something that I didn't even consider, you know, like growing up, no one had doulas, you know, that's the rich person's thing. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's certainly not a black person thing, <laughs> you know? I mean, these are just the stereotypes that, you know, uh, and the perceptions that you sort of latch on to growing up. And, you know, I, I considered it for maybe five seconds and I was like, ah, I can do this to doctors. They know what they're doing. You know, and I think that if I had to, if I got the opportunity to do it again, I would look more closely into having a doula because I think having that third party who can sort of look over everything and have your best interests in mind um, is going to be important. And also having those conversations with your partner, like, like these are the things that I, I am okay with having discussed and these are the things I'm not. Um, and I think when you are on a public platform and you don't have necessarily the same protections that a celebrity has, there can be a fine line, you know, there, there is a difference, you know, because I'm relatable in a lot of ways. So people feel open to talk to me and I love that. That's why I do what I do. Um, but I don't have the protections and the sort of, um, mystique that like a celebrity would have. Um, and, and, uh, so I think that have those conversations, at least with your partner so that they can speak up for you because the reality of the situation is, is if you're in a position like I was, where you're just exhausted, um, you may not even be in that headspace to do it for yourself. Exactly. I do have to say that 
doula is probably the most recommended thing out of all the mamas that I talk to. And it's at the top of my list when that time comes for sure. I, I just find just what you said. It's someone to just focus on you and what you need and speak up. And of course your partner can do it, but if it's possible for you to have somebody else, cause your partner might be going through a lot too emotionally and mm-hmm. physically even, you know, it, that it's hard to be, to see your, your partner go through something like that. So, mm-hmm. so interesting. So now how old is your son? He is two. two. <laughs> Ooh, yes, so two. how I want to just go over how you're juggling all of this now because you're a working mom and I mean especially through the pandemic I know lots of moms are just juggling with this so how is it going do I dare just ask a blanket <laughs> statement like that I don't know ah <sighs> uh, it's a roller coaster I think everyone's going through their own roller coaster right now whether you're a parent or a caretaker uh caregiver um it is a roller coaster. There are some days where I wake up and I feel like Superwoman. I am like, I am on it. I got my videos edited. I got my, you know, everything's filmed. Everything's organized. My son has eaten. He's bathed. He looks good. He's glossy. <laughs> husband's satisfied. We had sex. It's great, <laughs> you know? <Yep. laughs> and then there are days where I wake up and I'm literally like, what the F-U-C-K? Like, what? Who am I? What is going on? Can someone just substitute for me today? <laughs> like, yep. can, can I have a stand-in? Because <laughs> I just need to, like, step away for a second. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's so much. And I think that there's just so much being expected of parents during this time and of the caretakers during this time. So much we're expected to be our the teacher now, the the caretaker, the house cleaner, the cook, the working parent, you know, the the financial provider, the therapist, the everything, um, all in one. And then there's sort, especially if you're still working at a job, you know, um, I do YouTube and I still work part time, and there's this strange sort of place where I work, and most of the people that I work with don't have children there's a group of us that do and then there's the managers and half of them do and they don't right and you know it's like it's a strange space where they don't it's like you don't want to assume that someone can't do x y and z because they have a family and you still have the job to do but then these are different this is a different circumstance so it's really been important you know for me to have conversations with people who are making decisions about the schedule and like what I can and what I can't do and just being very firm on you know working in whatever parameters I have like I literally went to my job and was like what's the least amount of days I can work that's what I'm doing and these are the days I'm available so (laughs) yeah um, I mean, I think you know, a lot of women would be nervous to just say that and ask for that. And I feel like so often we're givers and we give so much of ourselves till there's nothing left. And you're already doing that with your child, with your husband, and then adding all these other layers on top of it. Sometimes it's okay to just say, I'm drowning. I need to do the least bit possible. Or, and what is yeah. that? Or to, you know, I think 
like you said before, speaking up can be so hard for certain people. But I also think that there's a little practice in it to say, I cannot work before 8 a.m. You know, I mean, I know I babysit for this one family and the mother is feeling all this pressure because people are getting on, like coworkers are getting online to start working earlier and earlier. And she said, it feels like it's this weird competition. And I mean, I get on it, she says like 7.30 and I feel like that's early enough. And then people are getting on even earlier and earlier every day. And I think it's okay to just say, nope, I'm not gonna dive into that pool. Like this is my limitation. So congratulations for saying that. And I think that's important for people to hear. Thank you. Yeah, you know, the times are changing and yes. and the policies kind of have not changed with the times, right? So we have, you know, a society in, in which in the past where women would take care of the home and take care of the children, that was their job and it was a valued job. Um, and then the man went out and then now we have this sort of even sometimes the opposite having happening where the man stays home and the woman goes out and, or like this sort of balance of being working, but then also staying, you know, like this interesting balance. And I think that the expectations, they, they're, I mean, it's insane to me. And also the times haven't changed. The policies haven't changed. Um, and, and one of the things that I had to speak up about um, at my job, um, can, can you can you tell that I'm not that afraid to speak up? <laughs> hey, I think the more Here's people the that thing. hear it, the better. We need we, someone needs to. So here's the thing, right? I don't necessarily like the idea. It it makes me feel uncomfortable speaking up for just myself sometimes, you know. But when I think about who else it could benefit, then it gives me the strength. Yes. So if I tell my job, hey, right now, this is super crappy for me because I don't have a place to pump. I literally don't. I, I need privacy and not just a short curtain where I can hear people like on the outside, like, what can we do about this? Because maybe it can't be changed during my time doing this, but the next person needs this. And not only just for that female, but also for their partner that's worried about them coming back to work, you know, and I, you know, I've, I've kind of gone through enough things and, you know, I, I have sort of a, an empathy to me naturally that helps me speak up about those things because it's not just for me, it's for everyone. And sometimes I think that when, when the person making the, de the decisions um, are in this confrontation, they sometimes, it almost feels as though, okay, well, I'll do this favor. And that's not the case. It's not a favor. It's actually very um, productive, not only for business to have a productive and comfortable employees, but also for their partner and also for you. And so I think that if we can get to a place where we can start to um, uncover some of these, these needs that are not talked about um, and, and think of them in a way of helping all of society, not just women, not just mothers, but literally everyone, um, 
And that can sort of be translated to certain people like, oh, if I treat my employees right, all of them and give them what they need, they, they will make me more money because sometimes that's what it comes down to. Then I think, um, yeah, I, I think that a lot more would get done if we can just have empathy and, and learn how to translate um, to what matters to different groups of people. Anyway, I didn't mean to go on that sort of tangent, but no, I, I think it's I think very that important. Is important. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pinch poke, let me a cook. Yeah, I think it's very important <laughs> for people to hear. I mean, and there's so much going on right now that's new to us in every aspect of everyone's life. And that's the bottom line. It's like if I'm taken care of in a certain way, which these requirements are not very, you know, we're not talking about only the blue M&Ms here. Like we're talking about some basic necessities. So if I'm taken care of, I'm going to work better for you and everything is just going to flow more efficiently. And I think, I think that's important. I think it's important for moms. I think it's important for women. I think it's important for black women to hear. I think it's just an important thing that needs to be encouraged. And if one person listening to this goes out and just shoots an email or makes a phone call about something that they might need in their work or schedule or home life, you know, maybe it's something at home that they need to have a conversation with their partner about in order to make them a more productive and happy mom and human. Mm -hmm. I think that's important too. I, I just, do have to say, oh, no, no, me. please go ahead. I do have to say that I do recognize that, um, especially growing up um, in, in the circumstances that I grew up in, and, you know, there are times where we were homeless and we didn't have a lot. And sometimes your job is the thing that you have to do to feed your family and you don't want to rock the boat. And I understand that, you know, I understand my privilege in that sense that I have, I work for a company that um, it's in, they recognize that it is in their best interest to, to listen to their employees because that's sort of their, their uh, facing to the world is that they care, right? Um, and I think that in those instances, sometimes it's strength in numbers, getting a group of people together that agree with you and can sort of flesh out um, bullet points, points and, and, and solutions. Um, and sometimes it, it's up to you to just make that independent decision. Like, is this the place for me? And if this is not the place for me, what else can I do? What other talents do I have? What, you know, what are the things that I'm passionate about that other people care to hear me talk about? You know, and I think that this is also another opportunity during this pandemic um, for people. I think a lot of people are waking up and being like, no, actually, I, I had a break and I realized that I don't want this for the rest of my life. So yes, what is it that I can do that doesn't depend on someone else to, you know, provide my livelihood? What kind of life do I actually want? And I think that this, this time has shown a lot of people that uh, not only bosses, you know, different ways to work, but also people in sort of reclaiming what they actually want for their lives. Um, so anyway, another tangent, but <laughs> it circles back yeah. to what we were talking about at the beginning of our conversation and how this, this whole year has rocked our world, but 
it's change. And sometimes change is an uncomfort is what we need to move us into new opportunities and new, you know, new worlds and things that we never would have opened our eyes to before. So I think that's, I think it's the exact conversation we should be having. So thank you for having it with me. <laughs> I have one final question for you. We didn't get to talk about your little guy too much, but it's about him. And it is my favorite one to ask at the end of my chats with mamas. And that is, what is something that you would like to tell him now? And it'll be on record, so he'll be able to watch it. What would you like to tell him now for when he's 18? Ooh. I would like him to know how much he is changing me for the better just being exactly who he is and I want him to know that he doesn't necessarily have to be more that he is enough and you know I I know that he's going to be great we named him Da Vinci <laughs> oh. he fought his way he fought his way into this world without us even knowing he was supposed to be here and he is very sure of himself even at two years old he knows what he wants and um I just want him to go after it, whatever it is. Just, just please don't hurt yourself. That's all I got to just don't, just don't do anything too, too crazy. <laughs> but I know he's going to be great. And um, I, I am looking forward to sitting back and being a fan of his. And so I just want to soar, do whatever he wants. Yeah. Where can people find you? Yes, so you can go on YouTube if you'd like and uh, type in LaToya Ebony. Uh, I also have a website, LaToyaEbony.com, that will take you to my YouTube. You, you can find out what I love on my hair. It's a whole blog. You can find my Instagram. Everything pretty much is LaToya Ebony. And yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> Amazing. I will put all of those links in the show notes so people have quick access to them and uh, they can reach out to you you know I think connection is important too so any mamas out there who want to connect further with LaToya please do so thank you for sharing your heart with us today thank you for being open and encouraging mamas everywhere I really appreciate thank you so much Jessica the pumping podcast is a podcast for moms and by moms and I am your host I'm not yet a mama I'm a mama in training if you're enjoying what you hear, take a minute on Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and make sure you review so other mamas out there can find us and listen along while they're pumping or breastfeeding. Some fun news for you, we have a private mama network for support and community of mamas. If you'd like to join, email info at thepumpingpodcast.com. Also, if you'd like to be a guest and share your journey into motherhood, email interviews at thepumpingpodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at The Pumping Podcast. And for any other questions or to connect, check out thepumpingpodcast.com. Thank you so much for spending some of your day with me. You light me up and inspire me. And share the podcast with a mama or future mama you know. Until next time, keep on pumping. <laughs>